0: Hi, welcome to the Politically Slanted Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Kelly. And you've come to the right place for all things politics, pop culture, and what's making news this week. Welcome back to the Politically Slanted Podcast. Kelly here, um, just wrapping up night one of the Republican National Convention. We had several speeches that were pretty newsworthy today. Most notably, Kimberly Guilfoyle play some clips of her speech and talk about how loud it was. And the St. Louis couple who were defending their home from... The protesters a few months ago, they spoke last night as well. Tim Scott and Nikki Haley also getting quite a bit of attention for their speeches. So let's go ahead and get right into it. And Kimberly Guilfoyle. So she is probably the biggest newsmaker today. Not necessarily for what she said, but how loud she said it. So take a listen to a little clip here of her speech and let us know what you think.
1: They want to destroy this country and everything that we have fought for and hold dear. They want to steal your liberty, your freedom. They want to control what you see and think and believe so that they can control how you live. They want to enslave you to the weak, dependent, liberal, victim ideology to the point that you will not recognize this country or yourself.
0: Alright, so a little dramatic there. Very loud. So if you haven't been watching, most of the speakers have just been coming out and pre-recording their segments and speeches And there's not really an audience because of the coronavirus. So they're just speaking to an empty room. So she comes out there. She's loud, which I think she was going for passionate speech and trying to kind of fire up the bass. But it seems like the bass was a little confused as to why she was shouting into an empty room. And I was kind of listening to some conservative Um, talk radio hosts this morning. Just curious, you know, the left, of course, did not like it. They called it lunatic and fascist and dangerous rhetoric and all kinds of typical liberal talking points there. But um, it seems like the conservative side is a little confused by how she acted and portrayed herself on that stage as well. So kind of overall, the general feeling for her speech was... Not necessarily the messaging on the conservative side, but they didn't feel like she had a good appearance, and that was pretty much what everybody was talking about today, that she was just yelling into the abyss, and she became an instant meme, so I don't know that her message really resonated with anybody. And there was also a point where she was talking about being an immigrant, and it turns out she's actually Puerto Rican and they're American citizens, so that was kind of a a misstep on her part as well but um, yeah, so it seems like she was probably the speech that got the most attention, not necessarily for what she was saying. Although, of course, the Democrats didn't like it because she was hitting them pretty hard, including her ex-husband, Gavin Newsom, who's the um, governor of California. But they just thought she was acting like a villain and screaming and auditioning for the part of Ursula and the Little Mermaid and all kinds of silly things. But I don't know. I haven't seen anybody tonight that was quite so interesting and entertaining as her so I I guess at least she um, made news with that right and here's just a final clip of her it's even more exciting than the last one that I played but it kind of gives you a a framework for how loud her speech was and even we posted the story about it on our, our Facebook page, and a lot of our our followers on there thought it was a bit odd, too. So I think the general consensus is um, maybe louder is not always better, but I'll leave you with this last final clip of her just so you can um, have a little more, I guess, of her speech if you didn't get to see it. Let- So she's pretty excited. Obviously, she's dating Donald Trump Jr., and he congratulated her on Twitter after her speech and um, said he was so proud of her for being so patriotic to the country. And then, probably the next speech that I found most interesting was the St. Louis couple and. You might remember them, they made headlines because they were eating dinner in their house when there were some Black Lives Matter protests happening, and they came out with their weapons because they said that these people were screaming at them and tearing up their property. And there were all these photos of them online, the lady was pointing her pistol at the protesters and the guy had it looked like an ar-15 so the, they've actually had charges filed against them but they've kind of become heroes for the second amendment people and they were on last night and of course they were talking about how it doesn't matter where you live in America. You won't be safe because of a radical Democrat agenda. So I'm just going to play you a little highlight from their speech as well. And I don't know. I kind of felt like they were slightly scary.
2: America. we are Mark and Patty McCloskey. We're speaking to you tonight from St. Louis, Missouri. Where just weeks ago, you may have seen us defending our home as a mob of protesters descended on our neighborhood.
1: America is such a great country that not only do you have the right to own a gun and use it to defend yourself, but thousands of Americans will offer you free advice on how to use it. At least that's what we experienced. What you saw happen to us could just as easily happen to any of you who are watching from quiet neighborhoods around our country. And that's what we want to speak to you about tonight.
2: That's exactly right. Whether it's the defunding of police, ending cash bail so criminals can be released back out on the streets the same day to riot again, or encouraging anarchy and chaos on our streets, it seems as if the Democrats no longer view the government's job as protecting honest citizens from criminals, but rather protecting criminals from honest citizens. Not a single person in the out-of-control mob you saw at our house was charged with a crime. But you know who was?
0: We were. So I'm just going to pause it for a minute. They really start off by appealing to that suburban family that generally tends to vote for Republicans. um, Suburban women especially. And I feel like they're trying to kind of make them scared and cause, like, fear to motivate them to go out to vote. And I don't really like that tactic. I don't think it's very effective, and I think it's kind of a bad look, honestly. Because I don't think that we should be necessarily scared In our own suburb neighborhoods, um, we live in the suburbs, and the kids just run around all over. The parents don't even watch them, and it's, it's pretty safe. So I feel like they're slightly trending into a bit of racist territory here. I don't like to call things racist, but they go on to talk about how you don't want certain people to move into your neighborhood. And I don't know. It's a fine line there. I'm going to play the rest of their their clip here so you can kind of hear what I'm talking about.
2: They've actually charged us with felonies for daring to defend our home. On top of that, consider this. The Marxist liberal activist leading the mob to our neighborhood stood outside our home with a bullhorn screaming, You can't stop the revolution. Just weeks later, that same Marxist activist won the Democrat nomination to hold a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. In the city of St. Louis, that's the same as winning the general election. That Marxist revolutionary is now going to be the congresswoman from the first district of Missouri. These radicals are not content with marching in the streets. They want to walk the halls of Congress. They want to take over. They want power. This is Joe Biden's party. These are the people who will be in charge of your future and the future of your children.
1: They're not satisfied with spreading the chaos and violence into our communities. They want to abolish the suburbs altogether by ending single-family home zoning. This forest rezoning zoning would bring crime, lawlessness, and low-quality apartments into now-thriving suburban neighborhoods. President Trump smartly ended this government overreach, but Joe Biden wants to bring it back.
0: So there they bring up the um, scare tactics again. Like, if you vote for Democrats, your suburbs are going to be riddled with crime. And it it's kind of an odd message here. I feel like they are being very borderline racist by acting... As if certain people who live in lower income housing are responsible for crimes. And I don't know. I just, I don't like the messaging. Maybe other people would disagree with me or think I'm reading too much into it. But I just don't, I don't like this whole like scare you into voting one way or the other. But um, they were probably the next most interesting of the speeches last night. And I thought it was Kind of worth talking about some of the things that they said. So I'm going to pull up Nikki Haley's speech because she is getting some pushback from liberals because she says that America is not racist and they don't seem to like that too much.
1: The pandemic has set us back, but not for long. President Trump brought our economy back before, and he will bring it back again. There's one more important area where our president is right. He knows that political correctness and cancel culture are dangerous and just plain wrong. In much of the Democratic Party, it's now fashionable to say that America is racist. That is a lie. America is not a racist country. This is personal for me. I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. They came to America and settled in a small southern town. My father wore a turban. My mother wore a sari. I was a brown girl in a black and white world. We faced discrimination and hardship. But my parents never gave in to grievance and hate. My mom built a successful business. My dad taught 30 years at a historically black college. And the people of South Carolina chose me as their first minority and first female governor. America is a story that's a work in progress.
0: So, I don't see anything wrong with those comments. She is spot on. She's right. And she's speaking from an experience that none of us as white people have really ever had to deal with. And I just I think she's amazing. And I hope she runs for president in 2024 because I would just be honored to vote for her. But I don't know why they're so upset about that. I don't think that generally we are racist. I think there are racist people But I don't believe that the majority of America is racist. I do think that it is being blown out of proportion by the media and politicians because they are trying to keep people voting a certain way and they're trying to form your thought process. And I think that what she said, it is true. And she's just such a good speaker and she delivers her comments and remarks so well and I just can't wait to see if she continues on in politics what big things she can accomplish because I've read both their books and I think she's very impressive and she would make an excellent first woman president so cross our fingers for that one And finally, the last speech that I kind of wanted to hit on tonight was that of Tim Scott. Another excellent, excellent speech, and I think that him and Nikki Haley would be a great ticket, and also the kinds of people that we need to have speaking at these conventions. I think they're a whole lot more effective, they have good messaging, they have some really great things to say, and... He just kind of talks about the classic American dream in his speech, and one thing that really struck me was how he talked about in a generation in his family, which is black, they went from being in the cotton fields to being in Congress, and that is such a powerful line. I'm going to actually play a clip here and you can kind of hear how he's talking about the election. And it's clear and it makes sense. It resonates with people. And it's really probably one of the best speeches of last night.
3: It's between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It is not solely about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It's about the promise of America. It's about you and me, our challenges and heartbreaks, hopes and dreams. It's about how we respond when tackling critical issues like police reform, when Democrats called our work a token effort and walked out of the room during negotiations because they wanted the issue more than they wanted a solution. Do we want a society that breeds success or a culture that cancels everything it even slightly disagrees with? I know where I stand, because you see, I am living my mother's American dream. My parents divorced when I was seven years old, and we moved in with my grandparents into a two-bedroom home with me, my mom, and my brother sharing a room and one bed. My mom worked 16 hours a day to keep food on the table and a roof over our heads. She knew that if we could find the opportunity, bigger things would come. I thought I had to use football to succeed in life, and my focus on academics faded away. My freshman year, I failed out. I failed four subjects, Spanish, English, world geography, and even civics. Trust me though, after seven years in the Senate, I know I'm not the only one in Congress who failed civics. But even while I was failing the ninth grade, my mother always said to me, Timmy, if you would just shoot for the moon, even if you miss, You'll be among the stars. She never lost faith in me, even when I lost faith in myself. Because of her encouragement, I went to summer school and caught up. The next year, I met my mentor, John Moniz, a Chick-fil-A operator. John saw something in me that I could not see in myself and started teaching me valuable life lessons, like having a job would be a good thing, but creating jobs would be even better that having an income could change my lifestyle, but creating a profit could change my community. He planted the seeds of what would become Opportunity Zones. This initiative that the President and I worked together on is now bringing more than $75 billion of private sector investment into distressed communities. I took those lessons to heart and started putting the pieces of my life back together. I realized a quality education is the closest thing to magic in America. That's why I fight to this day for school choice, to make sure every child in every neighborhood has a quality education. I don't care if it's a public, private, charter, virtual, or a homeschool. When a parent has a choice...
0: So his entire speech is almost 12 minutes and obviously we don't have time to listen to that here but if you want to seek it out it's floating around out there on Twitter and YouTube and it's definitely worth listening to because it's such a great like representation of what America is and what we should strive to keep it at. So I highly encourage you to go find it and check it out and listen to it and just um, really take what he's saying to heart. Anyway, um, that wraps it up for this episode of the Politically Slanted podcast. I'm going to get back to watching tonight's RNC and if anything strikes me, i may a podcast tomorrow. Otherwise, I will try to catch you on later in the week. And make sure you check us out on politicallyslanted.com. We're on Facebook at Politically Slanted, Twitter at Slanted Politics, and on Instagram as well. Would love to know what you're thinking about this strange virtual convention. And um, if you think the format's effective, it's definitely different, but um, kind of enjoyable. So have a, a great evening, and I hope that you enjoyed talking through some of the speeches with me tonight.